Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. And like other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about the velodrome and pelotons. I totally just <laughs> blanked. I am Rachel. I am usually your baseball guru. Today, I am a guru of I don't know, nothing, and no one. My head is blank. Um... Probably the problem was I was watching the baseball game two seconds before we started this, and now I'm wondering if uh, whoever's up after Loriano is going to uh, send in another runner. But that's not what we're talking about. Today we're talking about Olympic cycling, which is uh, an event. <laughs> and my co-hosts are silently laughing at me. <laughs> it is an I event. I just yes. have diarrhea of the mouth, and I'm just talking and talking. Olympic cycling. Which Rebecca knows things about. So Rebecca, why don't you stop me from talking and maybe you'll start to make, somebody I, will start to make sense here. I would love to, Rachel. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Take it away. So there Literally. are there are several types of cycling events in the Olympics. The first I'll, I'll start with is the road race. So the road race is, shockingly, out on the open road. Um, Makes sense. So... Yeah, right. So there's a there's a um uh a group road race and then an individual time trial that also happens on the road. So in the in the main road race, this is going to be a big group of people. They all start at the same time. Um there are strategies here about staying with the bunch, like staying with the whole group of riders, which is called a peloton, um versus trying for a breakaway, which is when somewhere between one and five or 10 riders, like jump off the front of the Peloton and kind of lead it for the whole way. So there's, there's different strategies depending on the profile of the race, the profile meaning um, what, the, what the race is gonna look like in terms of flat stages, mountain, et cetera. Um, so these are long courses for the road races, I assume. Uh, they're long-ish, yes. So for the men's, um, the road race is 234 kilometers, and for the women, it's 137 kilometers. And I did not do the conversion on that. <laughs> um, so for the for the men's um, road race, there are five men per team and 130 riders total. So when we're talking about the road race, we're talking about 130 guys on bikes in spandex starting all at the same time. But this yeah, isn't... This isn't, okay, so this is not like a relay thing. It's just like... This is not a relay. Okay, so you have Everybody at once. five guys on your team and they all are trying to win. Yes. Well, quote unquote, yes. <laughs> so so um, we I haven't done my Tour de France primer yet, which mm -hmm. was easily going to be an hour and a half long. So there's a reason we haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. Um but there's there's strategy in these long day races or in multi-day races. Um, typically, a team is made up of one guy who can probably win and three to four guys who are going to support that person in winning. Um, so a team is is rarely composed of five guys who could actually compete with each other to win the day. Interesting. Um, it's, it's road race cycling is much more of a team event than many people realize. So 
what happens in a in a in a group like this again it's going to be 130 riders in the men's um and 67 riders in the women's the women's um women's road race has a max of four women per team um so That's still an you, odd number you could have a yeah. team with less than four people yes like you can okay you could you could have a single rider as your team Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, in the end, the gold, silver, and bronze are going to go to one individual each. They don't go, hmm. you know, your team oh, doesn't okay. win. Oh, okay. In See, this racing. is the part that confuses me so much about yeah. cycling. Like, yeah. what's the point of being on a team if you're all trying to make only one of your team members win? Like, how is it a team? But anyway, that's well, a philosophical. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, and so philosophically, yeah, I can tell you about it, like, from my knowledge of the Tour de France, right? Mm -hmm. So there are only a handful of people who are ever going to win the Tour, right? There are only a handful of people who can do those climbs, who can do sprints, who can, like, stay with the front of the pack on the long, flat stages. And Mm -hmm. the same thing goes to a lesser extent for these, quote-unquote, shorter stages. I mean, 234 kilometers is nothing to sneeze at, but it's also not 234 kilometers a day for three weeks. Right. True. Um, so, Nancy, if you're our team leader, like, ha-ha, we know ha-ha, you ha-ha. can climb, we know you can time trial, we know you can sprint. Absolutely. And, like, maybe Rachel is really good at climbing and I'm really good at sprinting. So neither Rachel and I, neither Rachel nor I are going to win, but... We can work really hard to make it so that you win. So that's kind of the that's kind of the philosophy behind the the some of these road racing things. Okay, so it's only well, uh, keep going. <laughs> I have many questions, but you may answer them. So, um, so um, the the men's road race favors climbers. There are going to be two big climbs in the race, um, including climbing Mount Fuji. Wow. Um, again. Hot damn. Yeah. Um, they get up to about 5,000 meters in elevation. Um, and then the, the women's is a shorter race and less elevation. They don't climb Mount Fuji. They do. They're roughly on the same path, the same route, but the men's does a little bit extra up Mount Fuji. So the the challenging thing, at least for the men here, is going to be that the Olympics fall a week after the Tour de France ends. Oh, geez. So, Ooh. Right. So I haven't been able to figure out the ins and outs of how teams were chosen, but there are people who are still currently today mm-hmm. in the Tour de France who are slated to be in the Olympics, but were questionable on whether or not they're going to be there given injuries in the Mm -hmm. tour, given the amount of recovery time you need after a 21-day stage race versus Mm -hmm. the Olympics. Um, Like, there are a couple of guys who have gotten injured in this year's tour who are technically on their country's Olympic teams, Mm -hmm. but we don't know if they're going to... They're going to participate now. But they I will must tell have you, like replacements and stuff that they can do. One would hope. Yeah. Um, but also cyclists are batshit crazy. Well, like, clearly. I've, I've been watching every minute of the, of the tour and there have been, there's been like a stomach flu going through the Peloton. Oh. So there are like guys who are racing and then like pulling off to vomit. That's horrifying. Because these guys are fucking crazy. How do you stay hydrated like that? How do you not just shrivel up into a husk? It's a really good question. I genuinely don't know the answer to that. Um, 
so Tokyo was um, the host to the closest road cycling finish in Olympic history, wow. which was in 1964, when nobody was able to make a successful breakaway. So the breakaway is, you know, you have your, your have you heart, mm-hmm. You have your peloton of 130 guys mm-hmm. and maybe five do an attack, you know, 15K into it and they get way up the road. So they're a breakaway. They're separate from the main group, from the main peloton. And frequently those breakaways succeed and end up winning the race, right? So in 1964, there was no successful breakaway and the top 99 finishers were all given a time within two tenths of a second of the gold medalist. Wow. The way Whoa. you do the way you do time in cycling, um, in road cycling, is whatever group finishes together all gets the same time. Oh, weird. So it's a little bit for safety, right? Mm-hmm. So that the oh, people yeah, in the back okay. aren't fighting to get all the way up to the front to get mm-hmm. that better time. So if there's no discernible, like visible split between riders, they all get the same time. Mm-hmm. So this is like uh, Marino Zanin of Italy cross the line and then there's this much of a split and the next 99 mm-hmm. finishers get the get two second two tenths of a second later that's wild so um, it was one gold medal and 99 silver medals I mean basically <laughs> I, I you know what it's a good question I didn't go into um top 90 yeah I didn't I didn't go into looking at what the medals were that year um fair yeah so then like i said the women's um is four women per team it's 67 riders total um it's 137 kilometers so it's about 100 kilometers less than the men's um now the women are going to be the ones to watch the dutch cycling women's cycling road cycling team has won the last four world championships and won the 2012 and 2016 olympics um, so the Dutch ladies are going to be the ones to really watch. Okay. Um, so uh, backing up just a second, mm-hmm. total ignorance of how this goes. You sure. may have even talked about this on the podcast and it's just not in my brain anymore. But so for a team, all four or five team members on the road for yes. the whole race. Yep. Okay. So how, uh, do the support riders support the the one, the alpha, the one who's going to win. The alpha. Oh my God. I love it. Um, uh, so before I get into that, I do want to be aware of time. So yes. I can go real in depth on this. Um, can or I can do move on to the next thing. <laughs> we might, since, since some of the other uh, primers have been a little bit shorter, maybe this one can go just a teeny bit longer because I'm very passionate about cycling. Anyway, um, so... There's a lot of strategy in this, but the, at the very, at the most basic level, if you're in a line of cyclists, the person in the farthest front has the most wind resistance. They're facing the most wind resistance. Mm -hmm. So they have to work the hardest. Everyone behind that person has to work like a percentage exponentially less to maintain so like the drafting. same speed. Yes, it's exactly, it's drafting. So if I have a team of four other people around me and I'm the one who's favored to win, my four guys or my four women are going to be in front of me breaking wind 
<laughs> um, and and letting me conserve my energy until they can't do it anymore, and then I'm on my own. Okay, so generally the specialist, like, so the climbing specialist will be in front for the climbs. Right. And the sprinting. Okay. Right. So that makes sense. Right. But then when they get to the finish line, they all got to switch, so the head guy is yeah. in front and I mean, to win the... And I mean, there's there's all sorts of strategy for that. So, like, again, in the Tour de France, Mark Cavendish just yesterday won his 34th stage win. He broke a 45-year-old record for the number of stage wins in the Tour de France. And, like, if you watch him leading up to the finish line of a race, his team is leading him out, but then there are other teams vying for position. And you can just watch him in the peloton and and, like you can see him strategizing where he's going to go around people, when he's going to make his move. And they just somehow, they just find a way out of that Peloton and like zoop around people to win by, you know, half a bike wheel. So does the team always stay together or are there times when they kind of split yeah. up, somebody goes ahead? Yeah. So it depends on the team. Um, so they're definitely, I mean, with, with something like, like this, there are definitely going to be guys or women who have more of a chance if they go into the breakaway than if they stay with the Peloton. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of depends on the individual team strategy. Gotcha. Um, but, but, but that's, yes, that's they, part of the strategy. Yes. Is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the next piece of road racing is the individual time trial. Um, so this is as opposed to the road race where everyone starts together on the time trial, everybody starts it on their own with some amount of time in between, usually about one to two minutes. So, um, there's a, the time trial course is 22 kilometers. The women do that course, uh, that circuit once and the men do that circuit twice. Um, the men's race includes some planned climbs which means that the individual time trial does not favor individuals who are time trial specialists. So there are people who are just really good at racing like flat out and going as hard as they can, as fast as they can. Because this course includes some climbs, it doesn't favor them as much as it might normally. Okay. Um, So... I, I can't remember if I said this. Usually there's probably about one to two minutes between each rider. So then there are rules for when you can pass someone, where you can be on the on the road. Like you can't you can't draft behind the person you're about to pass. Right? You have to stay, I don't know, 25 meters behind them okay, and so on that's the opposite of the, side of the road. Okay, so that's some of the, uh, the thought behind staggering them one to two minutes yes, apart so they yes. can't. So okay. they can't just be one long line. Yeah, and then somebody slingshots off the back into the front. Yeah. Um, and again, here with the women, we expect the Dutch to win. Okay. Apparently, they are just a powerhouse. Um, so then the next piece is is track cycling, which I admittedly am less familiar with. But there are six different races in track cycling. So the, the first important piece about track cycling is that it happens in a velodrome. So it's indoors. It's on, a, it's on a track, a wooden track that is at least 250 meters around on the inside. 
um, like on the the shortest track. Okay. Um, the other piece about a velodrome is that it is tilted. So it's terrifying to watch. Yeah, it I've really seen is. This. So because they look like they're biking at like a forty-five degree angle. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's crazy. Um, so the the shortest inside track is also the lowest. The longest outside track is also like the, physically higher than mm-hmm. the than the lowest. Yeah. So there so are, are just the corners banked, or is the whole thing? The banked? whole thing is banked. The whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there. It's f- like a funnel, only it's oval. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um. So there are four lines on the track. There's a wide blue line near the bottom kind of inside, which separates the track from the warm-up area. So if you're in the middle of a race, you are not allowed to go lower than that wide blue line. Um, If you go into that warm-up area, you're immediately disqualified. Hmm. Next, there's a thin black line, which is the shortest distance on the track. So you can't go inside that blue line, or excuse me, that black line. The red line, is for passing so if you're going to pass someone in the velodrome you have to go above the red line to pass them oh wow Um, okay it's it's a safety issue so you can't like get all up in them and then kind of like knock them and push (laughs) them into the hand but it will end poorly it will end poorly yes um and then even farther up there's a thin blue line um which is only used in the madison race which i will get to um, interestingly for indoor cycling, um, the bikes do not have handbrakes. Um, and that's typically, oh, shit. yeah, that's typically for safety because usually when you handbrake, it stops the front wheel and then you can mm-hmm. go just like, like flip <laughs> completely over your bike. And yep. that's, you know, that's not very comfortable. True. Um, so they do have brakes, but it's like when we were little, little kids and you had your first bike and you, you push backwards Back on your pedal, pedal yeah. exactly, to mm-hmm. slow down. Yeah. Um, so like I said, there are six events on, um, in the indoor, in the, um, in the velodrome. Uh, so it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, there might not be a lot of crossover between uh road race cyclists and velodrome cyclists like they're very different yes they're very different disciplines um i think the only one that might have overlap would be the individual time trial and the individual sprint because they're individual events about going the fastest Mm -hmm. um so the the first is the team pursuit so you have two teams of four which start at opposite ends of the track and race for 4,000 meters or 16 laps. Going so you... in the same direction, right? Yes. <laughs> Just checking. It's not like suddenly Mad Max where they're going at each other. <laughs> no. Um, so you win either by catching up to your opponent or by finishing the 16 laps first. Um, okay. And the winning time is based on the third out of your four riders crossing the finish line. So there's no, yeah. So there's no benefit to breaking up your team, right? Like you can't yeah. have one super fast dude and the three fine. Um, you have to, you really have to all stay together and work together and do that drafting. Well, except for the fourth guy. Well, yeah. 
You can have one slow as hell guy. You can guy. have one slow as hell guy. But the disadvantage to the one slow as hell guy is if the other team catches up to them, you would lose. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so then you have the team sprint. Um, men, uh, men sprint have um, teams of three who race three laps, and women's have teams of two racing two laps. Um, and what's interesting about this one is your team races together for the first lap, and after that lap finishes, one person peels off and they're done, and the next person has to go the next lap, and then they peel off. And so you finish with one rider, even though you start with two or three. Hmm. I know. <laughs> it's weird. Um, then you have the individual sprint, which you would think would be, I don't know, straightforward, easy, normal, because it's the first person across the finish line who wins. But apparently this is a game of like strategy and positioning. So the first whatever number of rounds around the um, the velodrome, the riders might go really slow or virtually stop because they don't want to be the lead rider. You don't want to be the lead uh. rider because then you're working the hardest, right? Uh-huh. So it's so it's a game of like like bike chicken, chicken. exactly. <laughs> wow, to see who's going to take okay. that first. And then the last like 200 meters or so are the really all out sprint. But that's like, there's a, there's a, um, a slingshotting technique to, to cycling where you, you know, you're kind of all in a line and then the person third, fourth, fifth back, they've been saving their energy because they're not breaking wind. And so they can kind of go just zip and slingshot themselves around the rest of the group, which is why you don't want to be first in that line. And they, um, they literally call it breaking wind? Well, <laughs> or is I mean, that just what you call I it? I mean, that's kind of what I'm calling it. But that's essentially okay. what the drafting is. Like, the person in front is, right. is taking that wind full on and breaking it for the people behind them. I just didn't know if I could uh, expect to hear a, a lot of very self-serious <laughs> white men say the phrase breaking wind on national television. Uh, because we, we can so. <laughs> Um, so then the, the last three are the, the weird ones. So the first is, I'm going to say it's Kieran. It's K-E-I-R-I-N. So this is, again, on the velodrome, you're following a motorcycle that is going around, right? You're going around the laps and the motorcycle is increasing its speed until it hits 50 kilometers per hour. When it hits that, it will peel off. And that's when the, the, that's when the race starts and then they have three laps to sprint for the finish. So in most of these, you're starting from stopped and in Uh the Kieran, you're starting from moving. Yes. Those faces are exactly what I was making (laughs) as I was reading about this. Okay. Honestly, it made me think of like the little mechanical rabbit at Greyhound racing. Mm -hmm, Yep. mm -hmm. So the next one is the Omnium which is four events um, kind of pulled into one based on points. So the first event is the scratch, which is a 15K for men, 10K for women, first person over the line wins. And you get some number of points for winning. Wait, that's it? I I expect more here. That's the first of the four of the (gasps) Omnium. They're not being 
pelted with rolled up socks as they go is that no not yet no? okay <laughs> not yet um the second is a tempo race i couldn't i couldn't quite figure out how long this was going to be and this one is new to the olympics but you get points for being the first person to cross the finish line to cross the the lap line every lap so you do some you know say it's 20 laps you get points for being the first person to close the most laps, okay, so even if you don't less win. Of, less of an incentive to like save for a big push at the end right. for that one. Right. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, next is the elimination. So this is every two laps, the rider who crosses the finish line last is eliminated. And this keeps going until there's only one rider left. Huh. So there's no set, um, there's no set mileage for that race. It's just last last person standing wins. Hmm. And then so the it will be set essentially by the number of riders in the race. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, but I mean, even if there were only if there were only three riders in the race, like you just you just keep going until you cross the line. Yeah. Um. And then the fourth in the Omnium is the points. So it's a 25K for men and a 20K for women. And there are sprints held at various points during the race signaled by a bell. And so the rider across the line first in each of those sprints get, gets points. So again, it's not about the finish. It's about these like intermediate points so you have to be paying attention to the bell and where you are in the group to to so, win that particular sprint at that particular time. Do they know when the bell's coming? Like at this point in the the track? I don't that's know. When... I kind of oh, get the okay. sense that they don't. Because if they did, they could plan for it. Right. Um, so then it's the winner of the Omnium is the person who has the most points from those four epi- for episodes, um, from those four events. Right. So it's like a biking quadrathlon. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One of the articles sure. I read was like, this is basically a biking decathlon with four events. And I'm like, well, then it's not a decathlon, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, and so then the last one is the Madison, which I think, Rachel, you brought up in another episode we talked about. I think I did. So this is like a relay race. And this is where that last thin blue line around the velodrome comes into play. So the Madison is a relay race like you would have in track and field without passing a baton. So there are two riders per team. One is on the track, cycling, cycling, cycling. One is resting above that blue line. And my guess is that they're not resting stationary. My guess is that they're like slowly making their way around the velodrome above that blue line. This feels like there's maybe a, a speed skating event that's kind of similar. Because I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen oh. something with, like, a speed skater going kind of slowly around the, yes. the outside or like inside. And true. then they jump in. You're right. You're right. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Um, so then when the resting rider is ready to get back in, they somehow signal to their partner. And the racing rider will grab their hand and slingshot them forward onto the track and then wow that's insane and the one the one who's ready for the rest then goes up above that blue line and slowly cycles 
And so that race is 50 kilometers for men and 30 for women. And so, I mean, that's kind of an endurance race based on, you know, you really have to time who can do how much and be really balanced in that kind of thing to figure out who's going to go when. Yeah. And when to trade off. Exactly. Bonkers. Yeah. Um, And then as I'm reading through my notes, I realized there is a third type of cycling, which is mountain bike BMX. And I didn't even think about that one. (laughs) I know nothing about mountain biking or BMX. And I apologize to our listeners who have been waiting for that. But all I know about is road racing and... uh, You know the racy ones, not the jumpy ones. Exactly. Thank you. You get it. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, is that that all the racing... Cycling you have? That is all of it. Yes. Yes. And I mean, I for sure am going to be watching the road racing because, you know, I watch every day of the Tour de France. So I know all of the guys. I mean, I know so (laughs) many of the guys and the teams who participate in this. Um, And that's, you know, that's where my passion in cycling is, at least for watching, not actually getting on a bike myself. (laughs) An important distinction. Yes, it is. I agree. Yes. All right. Well, that about does it for this little uh, Olympic mini-sode of Foul Puck. Um, I would like to tell you where you can find us online at Instagram at Foul Puck Podcast, Twitter at Foul Puck Pod. Uh, Our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. You can email us at any time at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and hopefully making me sound like less of an idiot than I'm pretty sure I did uh, during the intro to this podcast. I would also like to thank Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. I don't think I actually introduced my co-hosts, uh, but I was joined by Rebecca, who gave us our cycling primer, and uh, Nancy in the peanut gallery for this particular episode. We need no introduction. <laughs> Fair enough. If you've gotten this far in, you probably know who we are. And if not, we apologize. (laughs) All right. And with that, we will see you next time. Bye.